All right, welcome everybody. This is Celebration of Fitness Podcast. I am your host, Matt Silva. And I'm Jana. And today the big topic is going to be the characteristics of a good coach. And what makes a good coach a what makes a coach a good coach? Especially in our CrossFit gym, which is specific to us. Right. So a group class coach, a personal training coach in our setting, what do we believe uh, is necessary for somebody to be a good coach? But we're going to start like we always start, uh, and that's with the recap. Right. So we had Battle of the Beach. So it was this past weekend. Uh, competition in Treasure Island like we talked about in the previous podcast. Yeah, we mentioned that we had one team going, three individuals, and a teenager that all competed this past weekend. All females, by the way. Yeah. And the competition itself was okay. Um, there were some logistic problems. They had to cut down one workout short. I'm sure it was because of the weather, that too. That had to do with the weather, I think, yep. which was shit yep. all weekend. And there was it was kind of hard to, for us in the audience at least, hard to know when the workout started because they didn't have a clock or the beeping noises that we usually have on competitions they had either the individual judges or the mc or somebody count down between the fact that it was outside and the weather was really bad and it was windy made it really hard for you guys to hear yeah we had to kind of rely on the individual judges and not the overall what do you call them the the mc guy yeah or the head judge whatever yeah yep so yeah the competition itself was okay i wanted to call him the host but i don't think that was right no (laughs) The weather, like you said, wasn't great. It was cloudy, uh, windy, cold. We had like 20 minutes of sunshine the entire day. I think it was like 65 degrees. And for anybody listening to this in some other state that is like horribly rolling your eyes, just know that we had to swim, okay? But the water was warmer than the air. The water was warmer than the air. <laughs> yep. Which I guess makes it worse because you have to come out Get and out exercise. Of the water. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think the cool thing is even though the division that everybody competed in except Fia the teenager right. um, was intermediate the weights and the movements and everything was what we would consider RX in uh, regular CrossFit group classes or in, in the CrossFit Open if you do that right so like when you see a workout for the day and it has a dumbbell movement in it for women that's 35 pounds usually that, 35 usually. and that's what the dumbbells were for intermediate for yeah. a 70 pound sandbag it's usually on the heavier side so sure was yep so it was cool that you know even though it was intermediate called intermediate you all did in the workouts in, in rx style and for those of us that know all the girls that competed that's a big thing to compete in a division where all the weights are um what we call rx it was pretty rough overall yeah but it was fun it was fun. it's good it, it was fine yeah <laughs> It, it gives us um, things to work on, goals. and I think it gives you an idea of where you're at, even if the place you're at isn't exactly where you hope to work. It usually never is. <laughs> usually we're always trying to be somewhere else. Definitely right? wasn't for me, but big shout out to Barbara. She came in fourth in our division, which I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah. She's never competed before, and she was nervous, but she had a great attitude, and she worked her ass off on Saturday. Yeah, so it was fun. So like we mentioned at the beginning, today's focus is all about the characteristics of what makes a good coach. Obviously, some of that's going to be specific to our gym in a CrossFit setting, but we came up with six characteristics. I'm sure that you'll have maybe different opinions of your own, but these are the six that we decided to focus on. Right, and there are obviously many more 
than just six traits that make a coach a good coach. But we each came up with three, so we'll go over our picks, and then the other person will chime in, comment, agree, disagree. Heckle. Yep, and we'll go from there. So why don't you start? The first characteristic that I came up with was that I think a coach has to be knowledgeable. I think they have to spend time continuously working on their knowledge base um, so that they're able to effectively help the people that they coach. How do you, if you're a member mm -hmm. and you come to group class, what are things that you're looking for that will tell you if your coach is knowledgeable or not? Probably vocabulary would be the first thing I would think of. If they sound like they know what they're talking about, especially if you don't have any frame of reference, I think vocabulary is a, one of the biggest things. Like, like saying your deadlift is finished when your hips are fully extended rather than when you stand up all the way. Okay, but when does it become too much? So for example, if I was coaching a class and I explained the front rack position as make sure the barbell is on your deltoids with your elbows flexed, shoulders slightly externally rotated, and hands pronated. Would that be effective? No, that's definitely too much information. I think if it becomes too much that it's distracting or if it's too many directions given at one time. So if it's not broken down into pieces. So breaking down into smaller pieces um, is an important part of being knowledgeable. What else do you consider somebody as being knowledgeable? Well, I think it's important to be able to explain whatever is going on in class, but then you have to be able to spot what's incorrect about what people are doing and be able to give them a cue or direction or feedback that actually helps them. Yeah, so... You can do one part of that, but not be able to do the other. So I think that the first point you made was sounded mostly directed at anatomy. So like it's important for you to know body parts and joints and and how things move but exercise and movement is a different category so like you said I can I can tell you and name all your bones but if I look at somebody moving and they move um, dysfunctionally being able to see it and correct it is a different knowledge base so the bones are still the same but if I see somebody moving well and somebody not moving well they have the same bones and everything but seeing the error and correcting the error is a different type of knowledge that I think we both agree that a coach should have correct I also think it's really important for the coach to be able to correct those movement flaws because everybody is different everybody moves differently everybody's mechanics are different so being able to find the correct cue I think also comes from their knowledge base and I think that's where knowledge kind of meshes with experience. I think it's hard for you to be knowledgeable, especially in a hands-on industry or job like coaching, without having experience. I think seeing people move, spending time correcting people, assessing people, that experience gives you the knowledge. Right. I mean, the more people that you see, the more people that you interact with, the more references you have to pull from in situations like that. So that was knowledgeable. That was your trait. Right. So the next one, and the first one that you picked, was being personable. Yes. So I think being personable is important for a few reasons. First of all, 
um, you spend time with people one-on-one -on -one or small settings. So I think it's important for people to like you to some degree, right? I, I don't think that every coach needs to be loved, but they have to... Yes, this isn't necessarily about being nice. It's not necessarily about being nice. They have to enjoy how you coach them because in a CrossFit gym, that's what they pay. They're paying to be coached. So being personable and somebody enjoying you coaching them kind of falls under the personable trait because you have to understand how people like to be coached and how to cue somebody properly. So if somebody learns better by doing, if somebody learns better by seeing, those are things you need to know as a coach about each person that comes to your class so you can better help them and better coach them. So I think it goes along with things like asking people how they are, asking how their last class was, if they're sore, what's kind of going on in their lives, how many times they've been here this week, those kind of things. I think that is part of it. I think it can go beyond as well. So learning about people's careers, learning about their history, learning about where they lived, things that you can draw back on um, to create small talk, to build rapport. So if I have somebody come in and I remember they're from Boston, then I can ask them about, oh, have you watched the Celtics later? Or have you, are you Anyways, watching you the Patriots? Bring the Celtics into some kind of yeah, that's my team. <laughs> but little things like that that you can, um, that are personal things that you can talk about and build this relationship between um, a coach and a member I think it adds to your personable trait. Right, I think that's true. And I think that if you have those two things, you can become an engaging coach. And I think that's probably the the pinnacle of being personable is being engaging. Is want people to enjoy their experience here. Is having that presence in class. Is have people um, know that you care about them, know that you're watching them, know that you're trying to help them. So that's what I thought about when I said personable. So for your second one, you said professional. What do you mean by professional? So I think one component of that is taking it seriously. I'm not sure how else to say that. But the idea that um, that we're prepared. So when you come in to coach a class that you've looked at the workout ahead of time in your head, you kind of know who's going to be here because of who signed up so you know what progressions they might want to work on or you know what their skill level is so that we can make sure that people are getting the most out of class and making the most progress. I think that is kind of like the difference between a job and a career. So a lot of times I think especially um, coaches that work in CrossFit gyms they take it as a job so I know a lot of gyms have mostly part-time coaches, right? So people that maybe have been athletes or members of that gym and they take the L1 course and they coach a few classes a week because they want to have a free membership and because they enjoy coaching, but they have a main job. So I think that that is a just a job. And if you take coaching as a career, if you treat coaching as 
you know your main source of income the thing you want to do then you hopefully act professional about it so you and you work to take it to the next level and you work to take it to the next level and you make yourself presentable and you make yourself lead by example and you and make yourself time. and being on time <laughs> and um, looking to improve your knowledge to improve your personal skills to improve all the things we're going to talk about because you legit legitimately 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 want to make a positive impact on people's lives and this is your job this is your career and I think some of that ties back into your thing about being personable about learning about people too yeah because you're taking it seriously you're going the extra mile right so being professional means I think at some level always working on your craft and coaching being your main craft well it's the idea of realizing that it's a profession not just a job right so the next one that you had was trustworthy. So what does that mean to you? So I think it matters little how much knowledge you have and how funny or engaging you are if people do not trust you. So when you coach a class or when you coach a member, you tell them things that they should better, should do better. You tell them things that they need to do to improve on something. That might be mobility, strength, capacity, whatsoever. And it might be correct. I might have the knowledge. I might say it in a way they remember. Um, I might make a joke, have the personable aspect of it. But if they do not trust me, then the likelihood of them actually following through it is not a lot. right? So I think that building trust is... How do you do that? How do you think you I think there are multiple ways to earn somebody's trust. I think one of them is leading by example, is telling people what they need to do to get better, fitter, healthier, and those be things that you do, right? So we both work with nutrition. So if we tell people that for them to be healthier, lose weight, be fitter, look better, they have to eat less processed food or eat at a reasonable time or whatever it might be that they're working on. And later they see us then you and I eat McDonald's. eating <laughs> McDonald's at 11 on a Wednesday when I have to coach earlier on a Thursday. I think that hurts the level of trust that we built with people. So you think a lot of it has to do with the practice what you preach mentality? Um, yeah, I think the leading by example is, is better than the saying. Of things so leading by example I think is one one aspect of building trust another aspect of being building trust is truly being there for somebody so in our profession as coaches we get to deal a lot with people's shit people's problems so it's not uncommon for people to come to us and and unload, and unload something <laughs> right and if we take the time to help them and take the time to understand their point and take the time to talk to them about it, I think that builds trust as well. So there are multiple ways of building trust, but the point is that you will not be an effective coach if people do not trust you. So basically you think leading by example and showing up for them in all the ways they need to see them. Yeah, I think those are two ways of doing it. And for your third and final trait, you picked focused. Yes. 
So I think that people come to CrossFit instead of going to a regular gym, obviously for coaching. So I think that the hour that they get us, we should be, our, all of our attention should be focused on them. So making sure that when we're in class, they feel like that's the only thing that we're doing, that we're noticing how they move, we're giving them good directions, we're making sure that they're motivated and we're helping them get through whatever the want is for that day, or learning how to do their strength or skill properly. So how do you make people think or know that you're being focused on them opposed to watching them? So coaching isn't just staring at people while they're in class. It's being able to do something with what you see and being able to give, I think, individual direction to people so that they know that, one, it's helpful, and two, so that they know that you're paying attention to what they're specifically doing. Yeah, when I think about the word focused, I think about um, being focused on somebody's current goals or anything that they've mentioned to us. So, for example, remembering that a certain girl wants to get better on pull-ups. So there's a workout that has, let's say, high-volume ring rows, and I change it for uh, some kind of banded, assisted pull-ups. Right, it's changing the workout specifically to her because of her goal. Or remembering that some guy maybe complained about um, some knee soreness and remembering that he voiced his concerns and then changing the workout to him for him so there's less um, knee flexion or anything like that with keeping somebody in mind when you have you know, eight to ten people in class is still remembering and being focused on each person's goals, needs, wants, or sometimes complaints. Right, because one of the main reasons that we keep the classes small and cap small is to make sure that people get a lot of individual attention. Right. So for your third and final characteristic, you picked open-minded. Yes. So I think it's important for coaches to be open-minded because exercise is not an exact science there are principles that we follow but there's not one correct or one best way to exercise so I think that especially if you become a CrossFit coach from being a CrossFit uh, enthusiast or athlete if you want to call yourself that is the idea that we live or die by CrossFit, right? It's somebody tells us they need to lose weight, hey, try CrossFit. Somebody needs to get stronger, hey, try CrossFit. Uh, somebody wants to- Do a bikini competition. Do bikini, hey, CrossFit. So it's, it's the idea that we get caught up into this one way of exercising. And I think being open-minded means- That there's multiple lanes to get to the same place. And you have to be open-minded to See, accept that, but I think also means that you should explore those ways. So one one thing is saying like, oh, I understand that people, some people want to power lift. I understand that some people want to bodybuild. I understand that some people want to do yoga as their preferred method of getting fitter. But the other way is trying to learn when those methods apply. So you have to be open-minded to understand that in some cases, 
a powerlifting style training might align better with people's goals. Sometimes bodybuilding exercises might help somebody in CrossFit if they're trying to um, build strength in a certain position. So I think for you to be open-minded, you have to acknowledge and try to understand and learn about different ways, especially when it comes to, obviously we're talking about fitness, to exercise and be healthier. Yeah, so knowing you pretty well, and when you picked open-minded, I had no idea where we were headed with this, but okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so the idea that you have to be open-minded to find different ways to help people effectively reach their goals. It's not going to be the exact same way for everybody, and it's not always going to be exactly CrossFit. Yeah, I think you initially thought that because... You're really opinionated. Maybe I'm opinionated, or I like to argue my point. But I think that's the idea, right? So if you only talk to people that agree with your view, obviously there's no argument there. There's no discussion. And if that's, the, and if that's the case, you will continuously to think what you think. The only way for you to change your perspective on things is to learn about different perspectives. So you have to be open-minded enough to um, look at the other side, to learn about what they think, and the Well, the, and you're willing to look for that knowledge in the first place. Yeah, and that's why I occasionally get into discussions and arguments <laughs> discussions. with people. I'm using quotations, <laughs> you can't see me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, because I like to discuss and talk about things that I disagree with. That way I can figure out if there is a valid point in my opinion, obviously, uh, to the other side or not. I can definitely attest to you being open-minded about different types of exercises because I've seen you do some really weird shit here on Saturdays sometimes. Yeah, so, I mean, I have to I have to try it for myself if, first if something experience, works. First-hand experience, first-hand yeah. experience. So, yeah, these were um, our six traits. Obviously, like we said, there are many more that makes a good coach, but... You could definitely have other ones that you have thought of, um, but since yep. this podcast is ours, these are our opinions, obviously. <laughs> and whatever your opinions are, you should comment um, on the post yes. or, or reply. Feel free to send us a message. However, and I will argue. You will argue to the death, it. whatever yes. it is. <laughs> let's let's see if your points are valid. So as far as upcoming events go, we've been collecting food for our annual food drive that we do Thanksgiving week every year. And the food gets donated to Second Harvest Food Bank. And then we, as coaches, will do a horrible workout that will take into account the number of items that are donated as well as the pounds because Second Harvest Food Bank logs their donations in pounds of food or non-perishable items that are donated. Yeah, and we're doing that workout sometime this weekend following Thanksgiving, this upcoming weekend. Maybe if you're listening to this, not on Thanksgiving week, then it, we've already done it. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure we're going to Instagram live it, so if you're not here, you can still watch it. Yeah. Unless you look for it next week. <laughs> anyway. Um, that wasn't awkward at all. Good job. <laughs> and um, our next podcast topic is going to be goal setting. Correct which goes hand-in-hand hand for, for a lot of people with the new year, right? You know how much you love the whole new year and new year thing. But yeah, that's dumb, but... But it's a good time to reset and if, think about what you accomplished or didn't in the past calendar yep. year. If it gives you that kickstart, then whatever floats your boat. And 
we're going to be talking about how to properly set goals. So um, for those of you that listen to us regularly. Have a pen and paper handy. Yep. And that way we can do this group goal setting session where we're all come up with our own goals for this 2022. Yeah, I think preemptively we're going to throw some questions out in our Instagram stories to help you guys get ready for that so that you can start planning your goals for the next year. Yep. And for the last thing we do, which is the question, you're the one asking me. Correct. Yeah, my turn. Okay, go for it. All right, so this entire podcast was about what are the characteristics that make a good coach. So this is a two-part question. What do you think is That's one of your... illegal. It's not. There's no actual rule here. <laughs> okay, go. So what is your best attribute? What do you think is your best attribute as a coach? Coach? Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. We're going to let, let that slide. Fine. Yeah, yeah. What do you think <laughs> is your best attribute as a coach? And then on the flip side, what is something that you think you fall short on that you constantly work on? Okay, I think the... Best quality and the worst flaw that I have are actually the same thing, which is I like to create personal relationship relationships with the people that work out of the gym. So I think it's a good quality because like we talked about being personable, I feel like I get to learn about people and what motivates them. Therefore, I build trust and... I can do a better job coaching them and figuring out their goals and helping them with whatever part of fitness they're working on. But I think it can be negative because it can be seen as I'm unprofessional or joke around too much or I'm easygoing in a sense of like, I don't really care what goes on in class. Or sometimes I make jokes that can be very personal or whatnot. So I think that can be seen as, as a as a negative trait, and I think um, that is both my greatest um, what's the word strength strength and weakness, and, and weakness at the same time. Correct. I can see both sides of that, but I think it also shows you're invested in the people that come here. Okay, thanks for trying to make it better. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Try to pick me up from the dirt. I mean, you're. All right. Okay. Well, let's finish on a happy talk. Um, So we talked about the next podcast and that's it. That's it for this one. Comment, like, share. Um, Let us know what your characteristics are of a good coach. What do you think? What are you looking for? Start thinking about those goals for next year or what you didn't get around to accomplishing this year because you didn't have a plan. Let's see if we can help you make one. Yep. All right. See you next week. Bye.